0: Hi guys, welcome back to my Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me your host, Stefan Neff. And today I've got Sai Badul Niri with me. Sai is a health coach, a life coach out there who specializes in the not so nice things and that is when relationships don't end up well. And they end up in a divorce or in separation, and it is unfortunately the statistics are out there. Uh, it is fifty percent of the of the marriages nowadays are going on the rocks, mm-hmm. and that might be getting worse. We will see when. Uh, when we have to get this discussion here today because for sure COVID-19 and quarantine mm-hmm. will make a very interesting setting for couples to learn to mm-hmm. live with each other when they normally were separated by their jobs so without further ado Sai thank you so much for coming onto my show
1: I'm so excited to be here this <laughs> is going to be great thanks for mm-hmm. having me
0: oh, an absolute pleasure And you guys might think, well, hang on. This is a podcast about my steps to sobriety. You know, where's the alcohol? And, well, guys, by the time you're hitting a divorce, by the time you're hitting a separation, you have not just gone with one flick of a switch from happy ever after to, okay, what's the number of the divorce lawyer? But there will have been a lot of, a lot of trauma in there often betrayal trauma, often a lot of things that are that are really, really, really stripping you bare and often making one one part of the couple very helpless, hopeless, depressed. So we've got a whole gamut of negative emotions, which are so powerful triggers to drink and drown the pain. Because that's what we want to do. So, yeah. Sai, today, let's talk about, about your work. Let's talk about the, the hard topics of separation and divorce and the the help that you can give to those people who are going through a rough time. But yeah. before, before we did go there, Sai, you, you didn't grow up as a little girl and think, you know what? I'm gonna be uh, uh, a divorce coach. It's gonna be really cool. (laughs) Don't you you tell everyone on the playground, hey guys, you know, just take my number, keep it, because one day you will marry. First, you're gonna be a princess, then you marry, and then you call me, okay? (laughs) That's not how it worked, was it?
1: No, no, that's not how it worked at all. Um, Listen, I actually have been through a divorce myself. Hmm. I got married. um, Well, let me back up. I met my now ex husband, when I was really young, I was nineteen. Mm-hmm. Met him in college, got married when I was twenty two. Uh, had a son with him, got divorced when I was turning right about twenty seven. Sounds about right. That was not part of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> like at no point in any of the years leading up to when I decided to you know move forward with the divorce, I never thought I would actually be a single mom. I I distinctly remember. When my husband and I, my ex-husband and I, uh, we were married. I wasn't pregnant at the time. One of our neighbors, um, she was a single mom. And it was a fall day. Like the leaves were on the ground. Like I just remember it so clear, crisp fall air, light breeze, leaves everywhere. And I remember looking at her with her little girl. She was like no more than two and a half years old. And I turned to my ex-husband. I was like, I never want to be a single mom. I never want that life. Like we can never get a divorce. I remember those words coming out of my mouth as I was looking at this woman, feeling sad for her and sorry for her. And like on the other end, like really impressed by like her courage and just doing it by herself. And so fast forward, (laughs) (laughs) things didn't work out. And, you know, I had to make the tough decision to end my marriage that I wasn't planning on ever being divorced. That was never part of the plan. Hmm. And so, because of that divorce, because of what I went through, I had a lot of, especially in like the traditional Pakistani Muslim community, like you don't leave. Mm. You just don't. You stay, you know, like marriage is forever. And, you know, I went against my parents' wishes. I went against the culture. I went against the religion. And I did what I knew felt right for me and my son at the time. He was only 14 months old when, you know, things ended between us. And since then, people, have been coming up to me, asking me for advice, asking me for inspiration or, you know, practical guidance or emotional guidance. And it wasn't until two years ago, I was reading a book by Jen Sincero called You're a Badass. I don't know if you're familiar with her work. You're smiling, so maybe you are. No,
0: Not yet, not yet, but it's just a mental note. I need to read that. I like the title.
1: That book changed my life because there was a calling inside me for years that I wanted to do something bigger than like my corporate job. I wanted to help people. I wanted to change people's lives and the topic around divorce and the feelings and the shame and the guilt. I went through hell and I, knowing what I knew now, based on all of that experience, supporting people, I was like, this topic needs to be had. We need to talk about this and people need support because divorce is heavy. Divorce is never part of the plan. No one goes into marriage thinking it's going to end one day, Mm. but here we are. And so I decided at that moment in time, while I was sitting on a train commuting into Manhattan, I'm going to do this. I'm going to become a divorce coach. And I've not looked back.
0: Brilliant. Because this is a topic that no one ever wants to to think about yet if you look around so many marriages around us go go wrong so yeah. it is uh, but it is one of these these things that you always think will happen to others never will happen to you
1: yeah never but
0: isn't it it's amazing and it's just it is it is what it is this on the one hand you see 102 year old couples who are still together and they get interviewed and and it's quite intriguing because often enough the answer is well why are you together still and, and they say because we come from a from a time when you didn't throw things away when you actually worked hard on 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 everything you mended yeah. your socks you you repaired your trousers and you repaired your relationships. So there's very much, there's a lot to be said about us walking around as emotionally retarded, wounded animals and acting yeah. like it most of our lives until you end up in a very traumatic situation. And then finally you'll start learning life skills And the reason I'm saying that a bit of a long-winded way is I think back certainly between my wife and me, there were times when we were, I mean, one signature away kind Mm -hmm. of from, from a divorce, one certainly from literally walking away from each other. And it, these were these were not good times, let's put it like that. No, aren't?
1: it's not fun. No,
0: no. And God knows why we are still together. Um, because I think we we both believed in in repairing things. And once we started repairing ourselves first, then suddenly mm-hmm. we could repair our marriage. And nowadays, yeah, it's it's very hard for me to have a, a fight with my wife because we both have learned to talk and um, that is such a good thing. But There are so many people out there where talking just doesn't work anymore Mm -hmm. and where, unfortunately, violence has introduced itself into the the marriage, uh, either in, in emotional terms or in actually physical terms. Yeah. And that's, of course, where things go pear-shaped. And it's hard. I mean, where to start, Sai? I mean, what are the sort of the questions that people come up to you with? I mean, That's a
1: really good question. Mm -hmm. You know, I work with a lot of different people, men or women, obviously. They're human beings, but they're in different stages. Mm -hmm. Some of them are like, I don't know if I should stay. I don't know if I should go. I'm really confused. And I've been thinking about this for 2 years, 5 years, 7 mm. years, like this is a wow. question that they've had in their mind for a very long time. Wow. And I help them figure out like should they stay or should they go? And if they're in a relationship, if they're married, if they're in a marriage where they're being physically abused, mm. I encourage them to leave right away. Mm. Like it's not even a conversation, that's just that's not acceptable.
0: Absolutely true.
1: Now, if they're being emotionally abused, it's understanding like the, to the extent of the abuse, right? Because someone can say you're a jerk and they think that's emotional abuse or someone can really be abusive mm-hmm. and we know the difference between the two. So it's understanding that. If they're also being physically, excuse me, emotionally abused and they've had conversations with their partner about it, they've seeked help, whether it's through counseling or therapy or whatever, and they're not changing because mm-hmm. you know you can't make the other person change I also encourage them to leave because no one deserves to be put into a situation where they're being attacked at their core. That's just not okay. That doesn't happen that often, no. <laughs> luckily.
0: Well, that's and that's amazing because it should happen more often. If you think about it, one in 10 people have got a personality disorder. Some of them do thrive on causing mayhem causing chaos yeah. causing pain and others others are so narcissistic they're so self-loving that yes. it is absolutely brutal it's it's very hard to live with such a person mm-hmm. and yet uh, these people are out there. So it's 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 quite intriguing that you say it doesn't happen so often. It should happen far more In terms more of,
1: well, here's uh, the thing. For the people that I have supported, I would say it's like the cases that I've dealt with, it's probably yeah. 20% of the time. Oh, right. Where you're they, dealing yeah. with like a narcissistic husband uh, or a wife. I mean, uh, it happens. So that does happen. I'm talking specifically about like women that are being physically abused. I've only ever had one case. Oh, wow. um, where I where I've had to say this is not acceptable. You need to leave. Yeah. That's encouraging. <laughs> that made me happy when <laughs> I run the numbers in my head. It still sucks. Uh, it's not acceptable, uh, but uh, yeah.
0: No, I think that is a bit of a self selected. Uh, there's a selection bias there because the people who are getting physically abused are not going to be seeking help from you. That's right. Yeah. So they are a. They are so full of shame and guilt that they keep their mouth shut and. Always, you know, there's all this this gamut of ah, it's only because me. If I can just change myself, then he will not beat me, and it's and it's all my fault, and all these kind of things. And so you've got that stage, or okay, you need to get out, or you're dead, and then that's women's refuge, and then that's other people that are helping these women. So obviously, your clientele is a little bit different than this kind of really acute, literally life and death kind of thing but it's more yes. the the long term you say the two to seven years oh god he she is such a knack she is yes. such a oh i oh, can't why can't you just do
1: this i yeah. can't deal with this anymore right i can't deal with the drinking <laughs> i can't deal with the shopping i can't deal with the mother-in-law like it's
0: exactly <laughs> And, it's, oh. and, and, and we could just continue now for an hour with the amount of, I can't deal with that anymore because there are yeah. so many nuances. There are so many, so many different settings of lives. Yeah. And that is, that's good. And let's accept that there are so many reasons why couples might end up a bit in trouble. Okay. Yeah. Hey, can we just say, this is normal? OK, yes. this is this is if you are truly believing everything that you see in Facebook with beautiful couples that are smiling and everything, you need to get your head shaken a little mm-hmm. bit. OK, there yes. was a, there was a beautiful little skit from a young couple who are basically having a row in uh, in a restaurant. And, oh, you, and then he takes a selfie. She takes a selfie, both of them
1: together.
0: And it's beautifully done.
1: I would love to see that. I need to get my hands on (laughs) that.
0: That's right. Because it's exactly that, okay? What you see out there, that's not normal. Mm -hmm. Okay, what your friends want you to believe. Well, most friends want you to believe they still have got their masks up. No, it's not normal. It is normal to have a row with your wife. It's normal to be angry. It's normal to have a shit day. It's normal.
1: Negative emotion isn't a problem.
0: Exactly.
1: Having conflict in your marriage isn't a problem. Having a shitty day is not a problem.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's
1: what you're making these things mean about you... about the relationship and about your life that is the problem and that happens up here in your brain so it's your job to fix it all up in here
0: so beautifully put we could stop that interview actually here that's it guys did you get that message (laughs) did you get the bloody message (laughs) so no it is but you know again i guess we ought to to delve a little bit deeper. A little
1: bit. Maybe. Uh, yeah, just a little bit.
0: <laughs> no, it is. It's so true. But I would I would like to touch upon your your heritage. Uh, when you met your husband, was that an arranged marriage where you introduced My first my...
1: husband or my second husband? First... I'm remarried now.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. Sorry. We start on, in chronological order. So the first one. <laughs>
1: um, I actually met him at a wedding, a family friend's wedding. It was, yeah. you know, same culture, same religion. Yeah. Our families knew each other. He was 19. He checked off all the boxes. So, of course, I'm going to love it, love, fall in love with him. Like, yeah, okay. There was like three boxes to be checked. He checked them off.
0: Oh, nice. Good. Well, fair enough. So, there was that. So And obviously, other way around as well. So, yeah, the other three boxes this way around were done. What happened?
1: Honestly, when I think about what happened, we... We were just very different people, and I know that's such a cop out answer, but it's very true. I was nineteen when I met him; he was in his early twenties. I believe that as human beings, there are certain like milestones in your life where you go through an internal transformation. So, like for me, like when I hit twenty, when I hit twenty five, when I hit thirty, when I hit thirty five, the way I was thinking about things was very different than like five years prior or ten years prior. what I was thinking about, right? I mean, that's growth. I would hope people think differently. And so when I got married to him, I had certain expectations of how he needs to show up in the marriage and the relationship. And he had expectations of how a good Muslim wife should show up in the relationship. Our expectations did not match.
0: (laughs) We need to be careful. I would love to go back and cut that little Good out a good Muslim wife. Um, so obviously there are expectations, and I don't want to label them. They are just each couple will have their expectations, their dreams, their hopes, their everything. And yeah. what is good for one uh, might not necessarily be good for the other. So, for and example,
1: that's totally fair,
0: isn't it? It's I think. Yeah. The, uh, but sorry, I'm interrupting your flow, and mm-hmm. we're interrupting your story. Because it is, each of these stories has got three sides, his, hers, and the truth.
1: And the truth, so, I always say that.
0: <laughs> so therefore, it will actually be intriguing. What were his expectations? And why did you not meet them?
1: Yeah, I think for my ex-husband, his expectations were, well, actually, I know what they were because he told me. <laughs> not like I think, like I know what they were. It was someone that was, you know, a bit more traditional, more like family oriented and a bit more conservative. Um, And I'm not that. I'm not those things. I, I was learning to be myself. I was coming of age and figuring out what the world was. I went from, you know, living at home with my parents to getting married. I never was on my own. So when I got married, that was the first time where I got to experience the world for what it was. And I learned a lot of different things about myself. I realized I wanted a career. I wanted to have my independence. I wanted to do a lot of different things and he wanted something very different. And we just could not see eye to eye, like from a fundamental, like our values were different. Like if you really boil it down, we just wanted different things. Good, bad, or indifferent, it doesn't even matter. We just had different needs and different expectations because our value system was different. The one thing that we did agree on was we both love our child.
0: Beautiful, so, beautiful, and, and
1: that's how we've managed to raise co-parent our son, who's now eleven. So it's worked out pretty well.
0: It's beautiful. I mean, you obviously had this insight. Were you always psychologically minded, or were you always? Yeah, I've
1: always been self-aware. It's, yeah,
0: beautiful. Was he the same? I don't think so. Hmm. So how did he? make that jump from where is this wife that i married that obviously he saw you in a different light and suddenly when the light changed and he, he, he was frustrated, he was mm-hmm. downtrodden because his picture perfect fell apart. Mm-hmm. Yet how did he manage to do the jump to actually our son is the important bit, let's look after him and whatever happens between us, we deal with that. How did that Well, work? he
1: didn't want the divorce. I pushed for it.
0: Right.
1: He, he wanted to reconcile. And after like the third attempt, I didn't want to reconcile. So it took me several times to move forward with it. And it didn't like happen overnight. In the beginning, he was resentful. He did speak did not like speak to me. He did not show up for our son in the beginning. I would say probably for the first three months. And I think he just needed to like grieve and come to terms with it on his own, mm. and then he eventually got there. Like he had to do that processing mm. in his own way, and in his own time.
0: And it's lovely how you put that because he had to grieve. It's not that there was—I uh, don't know how should I say that—for him, his world was falling apart as well as yours. So there's yes. always two sides of the story. That's lovely how you put that in in a non-confrontational way. That's beautiful, beautiful. Because many many men don't know their emotions and certainly don't show their emotions yeah. and especially so if you have a more conservative value, as obviously he has had, um, there would have been a rather far more the, the male dominance there. I mean, there would have been not just frustration and, and maybe a bit of fear and a bit of, a bit of bit of depression, there would have been a lot of anger resentment yeah rage how mm-hmm. dare you you're supposed on that level i'm supposed to be on this level and you want to run away i will show you and unfortunately and it's
1: interesting he was never like that he he was more of the mellow non-confrontational but he knew what he wanted yeah. and i was the one that was confrontational i was uh. the one in his face i was the one that was yelling so, like what you're describing was me, not him.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. And I go. will own and I will own that, right? Like I was very yeah. immature at that time. I was not an excuse. I was 25, 26, 27, whatever. Yeah. I was young. I didn't know how to emotionally regulate. And that's all of the work I've done since my divorce. Wow.
0: So, so. I-, I look
1: back at the time, I'm like, man, I was not that great. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. That takes a lot of insight oh, you are my hero for I'm like having... turning
1: more red.
0: No, I know, I I know. No. It is because you have just, you have just felt that wave of, of emotions wash over you. And that's what we see now. And, and it's, wow, what an insight. What an insight. Um, and it is what it is. We yeah. are young idiots. And most of us <laughs> have not learned about our emotions. That's what I keep saying. It must be mandatory. If I become the president, then I will make it mandatory that everyone goes into rehab at the age I of love sixteen. I think and that's we great. yeah, sixteen years old, you get a month of rehab where you learn about your emotions, where you learn about what drives you, what triggers you, and how to work and deal with these kind of things rather than lash out at at the, the the people you actually love because mm-hmm. it's 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 this frustration but he doesn't listen to me and she always nags. or now let's exchange he, uh, she doesn't listen to me and he always nags. something like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i route. know what you mean because, <laughs> because it's always the same isn't it oh. Ah, yeah. and it is i had recently i had a guest on the show and she was a bit like you she was she was very fierce er, at her husband and one day she was laying into him and she had this out of body experience where where the camera zoomed out and she saw herself talking to him attacking mm-hmm. him and she was so scared about her own the image of her doing yeah. that that in the middle of this third world war row, she stopped mid sentence and said, I need to be alone for a moment. I need to think about something. That's she walked out and <laughs> I asked her, What did your husband say? <laughs> she admitted he was completely dumbstruck. What now? What's happening? <laughs> and yeah. it's just, but it is, this was a moment of revelation for her. And most of us, we don't get that moment. We got the resentment 20 years later when you think, oh, my God, did you really behave like that? And guess what? Yes, I did. Yes, Mm -hmm. I did. And you did, too. Mm -hmm. God. um,
1: So fun. (laughs) Isn't it?
0: Oh, no, it's it's scary. And, And it's so important that we talk about these things. Because, hey, viewers, listeners out there, if you recognize yourself there, then... Maybe that's really, really good that you listened today because guess what? There are different ways how to cope with that. And maybe if you keep banging your head against the door and, and the door doesn't open, maybe you should stop banging your head and try, try mm-hmm. to actually open the, <laughs> the, the latch, the, the door handle. Um, so try something different. And yeah, so just- I
1: love that. And so one of the things, you know, that I tried something different because after my divorce, I did like become very depressed. Like, even though I asked for it, like I fell into this deep depression and it would come and go, come and go. And I wasn't like diagnosed with it until like much later where I was at a point in my life where this was years later, I would say like maybe three years after, no, maybe four years after my divorce where it was like one of the lowest moments in my life. And I knew like I had to get help, like professional help. Um, and so when you were talking about rehab, like I loved what you were saying, because like I did go through therapy, I went through like group therapy, yeah. cognitive behavior therapy, like I got all of the help that I needed. And that's when and where I learned about emotions and thoughts. And I was like, wow, if only I had known this five years before.
0: <laughs> exactly. exactly.
1: And it really does yeah. change your life.
0: Yeah. And you become more mature in your emotions. Therefore, you maybe end up not making the mistakes, which might be meeting Mr. Right, who turns out to be Mr. Wrong, uh, Mm -hmm. or uh, then behaving in a way that is detrimental to you and your relationship. So. But I guess the reason that people today listen to us is because they have not had the chance to learn these lessons yet. They are thinking, oh my God, what have I done? Or what, what has happened to us? What the hell has happened to us? Because the reality is many, many couples get so busy, so busy with the children, with work. I mean, I certainly for a long time have worked 10, 12, 16 hour days. And yeah, was I there for my wife? No. Um, was she there for me? No. Um, so it is sometimes just people go for a long time without realizing what's going on. And hopefully they get a wake-up call and mm-hmm. can reconcile. But if that doesn't work, then then there you are. And having having to deal with the consequences. What do you think are the, the figures right now? Sort of the last figures I've, I've heard were roughly about 50% of marriages will not last, is mm-hmm. that figure still up to date or do you know? I don't think that figure
1: it? is up to date. I've actually done some research on that. Um, you know, I speak with a lot of different lawyers Yeah, divorce courts okay. and they've told me that they have seen an influx of divorce cases yeah. in their practice. Even though courts are closed here in the U.S., they are yeah. starting to open up. Yeah. They are processing. They're hearing more from people that want a divorce. So I think that number is going to go up. By exactly. what percentage? I don't know. Maybe sixty. Yeah. Maybe seventy percent. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason it's going to go up is because now you have to deal with these issues you were running away from when you were going to work, right. or when you were going on date nights, thinking everything is fine and it wasn't fine. You were just drinking and having a good time. You weren't actually connecting. You were just
0: Very oh beautifully put, beautifully put. And in all fairness, we had we had five weeks of quarantine. Out of the blue, bang, we're closing everything. And there I was. And I was I fell into the same trap with my family because I thought, wow, my boys are home, my wife is home, we're gonna build a dynasty. We're gonna come together as one super team, the, the A-team kind of thing. We take on the world with whatever my dreams were. Guess what? Yeah, it didn't end it out. It didn't end up like that. Um, there was a yeah. good reality check there. Um, without going into too much details, I ended up in a little bit of a depression uh, because I had to realize that all these big dreams I had for us as a family were nothing but dreams. They didn't come true and that will happen to many 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 relationships out there yeah and if you're already a bit not right and suddenly the big realization hits you well I'm not surprised to see domestic violence going up we see that here in New Zealand and we certainly I'm not surprised to hear the the incidence of divorces going up or divorce applications shall we say
1: yeah
0: oh what are the lessons that you have learned from the first time around? Because you were there were a few lessons that already stare out at me, and I wanna I wanna look at them with you. So you had basically you had your child, then mm-hmm. you were eight, ten months, uh, the child was old, and then that was when you said enough is enough. Did yeah, I you get was the 14 timeline? months old? Fourteen months, yeah. Yeah. So you got the timeline right. And then you went into that dark hole thereafter for you know, two, three years. What did you think with hindsight to that sequence of events?
1: What do I think about it? Mm. I think I'm glad that all happened. I really am because if those events did not happen the way it did, you and I would not be talking my life would not be where it is today. And today I love my life. I met my husband who I absolutely love and adore. He loves my son from my first marriage, like his own father. Like he call- my son calls him dad, even though his biological dad is in the picture. He sees him every other weekend. Brian is my son's dad. And mm. that is amazing. We have a son together who's He's two and a half now. Two, two and a half, whatever. He's growing too fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. And I wouldn't be coaching other men and women on mm. this mm. really difficult period of their life. Mm. I believe that everything that I went through was supposed to happen exactly the way it was mm. supposed to happen because I am here today. And that's it.
0: That's that's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. That you have become so resolute about uh, that transformation that you underwent, and ultimately it worked really, really well for you. I think from me, from my point of view, uh, something is there that is quite important to stress. Just get my book. Where's my book? Ah. The reason is I want to talk about postnatal depletion. What is that? That is, you have just given birth and you are basically drained of all the nutrients that potentially you could wish for. Okay, we continue without without my book. Pisses me off. Okay, so let's continue. From the sequence of events that you have just shared with me, there's one thing that I, I ponder and wonder about. When you give birth then before you give birth you are growing this beautiful human being that becomes your Mm -hmm. baby and to grow that amount of wonderful being you need to have so much of yourself given in there and i'm not talking about love and and about all those things that mummies gear from the spiritual level i'm talking physical Proteins, carbohydrates, mm-hmm. zinc, magnesium, you name it, all the stuff yeah. that you need to build a baby. So many, many women end up in what is called postnatal depletion. So they are basically like soil that has been so heavily uh, grown upon that all the, the, the micronutrients are, are leached out. There is nothing left in there. So that is what many, many women are in the immediate aftermath of, of giving birth. And mm-hmm. sometimes it actually can take many months, sometimes years, to, for your nutritional levels to get back up there. And that often can coincide also with, of course, with a negative mood, the baby blues, or actually mm-hmm. postnatal depression, which yeah. is something that is so common out there amongst women and again, this is a time when they feel they should be happy. They should be, this is my baby. I always wanted a baby. And now I can't be bothered. Oh, my God, I'm a bad mother. You get all the children, the, the guilt and shame uh, yes. that are coming in there. So you've got this postnatal depletion. You've got a bit of postnatal depression. If you were to look back, was that maybe part of your life as well?
1: Um. Yes and no. So I don't believe that postpartum depression was part of the reason why I got divorced. Like we had issues before that. Like I wanted to leave my marriage before our first anniversary. Okay. Like,
0: well, like, Fair call, fair call. <laughs> if you knew that already, then okay, fair really enough. really
1: hard to leave. Mm. <laughs> Couldn't leave. So it's a miracle that my 11 year old exists because it's not like he and I were having sex all the time. We didn't mm. really like each other.
0: Right. Okay. So
1: he was meant to be here, but I do agree with postpartum depression. I did suffer with that with both of my pregnancies. Mm. For my first son, it was just a baby blues a couple of weeks. And my second marriage with my second son probably lasted about a month.
0: Mm. And it's really, really good to, to point that out because sometimes there are some really biological reasons why you can't stand your husband anymore why you why everything is too much and then it the focus might be from a woman might be focused purely on the husband
1: yes I, I was fighting with my second husband a lot
0: ah, interesting when
1: my when my little one my second one was born because I was just like why is this so hard? And now now I'm older. It's like 10 years later. Like, why is this so difficult? Why isn't he changing his diaper? Why can't you just do that? Leave me alone or be over here. Right. It's like, our. it's just a lot like your body, like Mm -hmm. biologically, physically, emotionally, spiritually, it's just going through a lot of different emotions. So Mm -hmm. I have heard, and I think it's true that a lot of couples, you know, in the first six months to a year of a child being born, like if they are considering a divorce, you need to slow it down because to your point, like that just might be stress from, from having a baby.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Right. And I think that is what I wanted to point out. That is what I wanted to stress that sometimes it's absolutely the right thing to walk away from something because you have given it all and it still keeps hurting you and destroying you. And you need to look after yourself first. Yeah, no two ways around it but sometimes you just need to step a bit away press the yeah, pause button that's yeah. right and see that now that's cool but yeah okay so if, that was the caveat i wanted to bring that out to just You're like i'm gonna uh,
1: ask her about this <laughs>
0: oh no 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 I'm, I'm i'm just worried that that people sort of hey we talked to you boss. that's cool i don't like you anymore get get out of here kind no of it's thing. not that simple no exactly exactly neither sign or me are, are believing in that that's for sure But I think. Sooner or later, things can go pear-shaped. I mean, yeah. many of your women will. Uh, sorry, first of all, I say women. Uh, somehow, I got the feeling that your your main clientele is women. Am I right there, or is it, yes. is
1: it actually majority 50, 50 of them minutes? are? Yeah. No, no, majority of them are. I would yeah. say seventy yeah. percent, sixty-five, seventy percent of them are yeah. women. Yeah. I am starting to work with more men. I think yeah. men are, you know, becoming more available for this kind of support, which is Good. always exciting because. Men need love too.
0: <laughs> no, we need more than that. We need understanding amongst ourselves. We need, God, that's a, that's a completely different podcast because we are such stupid emotional beings. We need to to, to support each other far, far better. Yeah. Uh, different story. But I think the, the reality though is so you're working with women and they are often wondering, well, Where is my life going? Do you have a process through which you're working with them? What Mm -hmm. you, what, how you approach these existential doubts, so to speak?
1: Absolutely. So I have a four-step process. First, like in terms of like getting through and over your divorce, the first process is feeling your feelings. like what you're talking about, the emotions. like We don't want to feel them. We want to resist them. Mm -hmm. And in order to really move through, you have to process your emotions, Mm -hmm. but not make it mean anything about you. So I teach them how to do that. Mm -hmm. I teach them about mindset and how your thoughts make you feel the emotions you're feeling. It's what you're thinking. It's going to yield you those feelings depending on what you're going to be feeling. You're going to take action or not take action. So if you're feeling sad, you're gonna like, you know, grab, like watch Netflix or binge on chocolate chip cookies or something, mm. right? And if you're gonna munch on these things, you're gonna have a result, which is gaining weight. So you're, mm. it's like that mindset of thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. From there, I have them give themselves closure. That is really important. They want, you know, their ex wife or their ex husband to say sorry. I didn't mean to do that. They're waiting for someone else to give them closure. And I teach them that the closure comes from within you. Mm. Whether it was the other person's fault or your fault or a little Mm. bit of both. Mm. From there, we then move to creating your why. Like, why do you want to move forward? What does that look like for you? Is it, do you want to be married again? Mm. Do you want to go back to school? Do you want to be a great parent for your child? Right? They're all people are from all over and then we focus on the future. And this is the fun part. What are your big goals? What are your big dreams? Let's lay that out. Let's come up with a plan. And then I hold them accountable to help them achieve those dreams. That's the process I follow and it's so fun.
0: What you have described is a good rehabilitation program, uh, regardless if that is for alcohol, drugs, uh, emotional problems. Uh, it doesn't matter what you, these are the steps, the fundamental steps that you have identified that you teach people, which allow you to get on with your life. How beautiful. Mm-hmm. You just simplified life into three, four sentences.
1: Wonderful. Sorry, <laughs> so, come
0: on. For Christ's sake, who are you, Buddha or what? Oh, wait, come on. <laughs> Honestly. Give us a chance, we mere mortals oh, here. Oh my
1: gosh, I love it. <laughs> no, I, I mean love it.
0: it, I mean it. You just nailed it. That's exactly it. And but it's so interesting because, after all, you, Saya, and me, and many people out there, we all had to go through the hard times before we had these revelations. And we yeah. all, please, whilst we sound like hey, we've got our shit together and we all know it now, uh, rest assured, every single day. I have to work hard on emotions that want Mm -hmm. to flood me and self-doubt and sometimes feelings of pity, self-pity or just all these kind of negative things. Guys, that's yes, normal. I
1: am the first to admit that I do not have my shit together. Mm. I can definitely help you get your shit together. <laughs> and I'm working on getting my shit together. Like oh, right. I work with my own coaches. I actually yeah. just, had I just hired a new coach for myself. We had our yeah. first session yesterday. Mm. You know, I've been feeling with this whole pandemic and childcare mm. and the business and all of the things and back to school in the States, mm. I've been feeling a little bit disconnected with myself. Mm. I don't want to lose myself. So, so I decided to invest in a coach to help me just, you know, uplevel myself and find myself and do the things that make me happy on the inside so that I can be a great mom and a great wife and a great coach to my clients and just, you know, a good human being. That's happy.
0: So true. So true. So true. And guys, this is, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. Don't think for a moment that, Oh my God, because she is still working on herself, oh, I can't have her as my coach, or vice versa. If he is still still having doubts about himself, why the hell should I buy his book? Well, mm-hmm. guys, that's normal. And it is normal to feel daily challenges. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's okay to feel negative. It's not okay to just feel negative and not do anything about it. Yeah. If you feel negative, if you've, if there's something going on in your life, then recognize it for what it is. It's a signal either from your body that something is wrong within your body and you need to deal with that, or a signal from the universe to actually say, you really want to continue on that path kind of a thing? Yeah. So there are forces out there that we don't understand. But from now and then, if if you get the same message in the form of a two-by-four hit on your head repeatedly, Stop what you're doing because yeah. it doesn't suit you. Maybe sooner or later you may wish to listen. Okay, so it is just what it is. So same here. So, so it's so lovely that you say you've got a coach. I certainly am very open. I've got a coach uh, who's helping me um, to to just get some of my 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 negative thoughts. Uh, in a better frame let me uh, help That's me reframe amazing. absolutely because you need to reframe something sometimes and sometimes new trauma arises and you just have to deal with you have to deal with it yeah, sometimes I'm in
1: the camp sorry oh, go ahead no, oh, no I said I was going to say I'm in a camp that the work is never done correct like the only time the work is done is we're like not breathing. Correct. Other than that, like our brain is constantly developing. You're mm-hmm. having these new experiences, yeah. new connections. Yeah. So you're going to be working on your brain all yeah. the time.
0: Yeah. So. And what, whilst we have been saying working on us to deal with negative things, that's only one aspect. But why not say, "Hey, I'm actually quite pleased where I am, but I've come such a long way to here." Mm-hmm. What is to say that I can't go so much further? So yes. a life coach is someone who helps you to develop yourself into a better person. Now, what's your baseline? That's who cares? Is if you're, if you're in, the, in the gutter where I was seven years ago, okay, fair enough. Then you've got a long way to go. Um, <laughs> right now, I'm somewhere here. And I have no yeah. idea where the ceiling is. So I just... What say, if well, there
1: is no ceiling? Exactly.
0: Exactly right. So this all this joy, creativity, passion that I've got right now. If that is only the start. Okay. <laughs> okay let's figure that out. What are the next yeah. steps? What's the next door to unlock and what will be shining behind there? So mm-hmm. that's what a, a life coach does. That's, that's someone who sits down with you and reflects on what is going. So that's the kind of the, the cognitive behavioral kind of sort of things, if you want to look at it from that angle. Yes. But there are other things there. there the spiritual side, the energy side, the healing side, the, all these kind of things that are just happening. There's so much electricity flowing through our body. I mean, your heart, the reason it pumps is because there's little electricity pulses going through. All your brain is electricity, so it's all energy. So, therefore, if someone can help you with blockages of energy of sorts, kind of a thing, um, for example, teaching you how to breathe and therefore regulate your, your energy in a different way or allow you to, to maybe readjust your spine a little bit and therefore energy flows better there. There's so many ways. There's so many ways out there. Please do not close your eyes. Just be open. Be open to the universe. And, and uh, I mean, the sheer reason that you're now listening to my podcast or to my YouTube channel here means that you're open and good on you guys. So while Sai and I were in principle talking about separation and the dark side, it's interesting because we have, we've talked so much of actually creating a good life out of the ashes of the old mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And that is so beautiful. Your step three and four in your, in your program, the why, and then create this new vision that you then turn into a mission is, Wow this is yeah, cool stuff it's so
1: fun i mean Isn't my it? mission in life is to shatter divorce stigma uh, globally like yeah. that is my big mission hmm. does divorce suck yes no one wants to go no one hmm. wants a divorce like it's not like hmm. oh yeah i'm gonna get married and get a divorce like that's not the plan <laughs> but sometimes relationships don't serve us Correct. especially unhealthy ones and I believe that it's okay to change your mind and it isn't like throwing it out because sometimes things just aren't working. Mm -hmm. And so it's coming to terms with like your divorce or divorce in general is a solution to ending a relationship that's not serving you. So that's my whole take on the concept that divorce is not a problem, it's actually a solution and it should be celebrated.
0: Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's the phoenix out of the ashes. The, exactly. the, old, the old phoenix has to die and then the new phoenix the new version 2.0 of you will arise and yeah. let it arise and do it in the right sequence you need to grieve about what has happened before and you need to learn about what went wrong learn the lessons that you can gain from it but uh, see it as a continuum that now your life continues not just everything stops yeah might feel like it at the moment but rest Mm -hmm. assured it will continue and it will continue towards something much much better you just can't see it now if you're in that in that blinkered frame of mind But now so if if people listen and they feel really connected to you and want to get hold of you and get in touch with you how can they do that
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. So I have a private Facebook group. Um, It's called Divorced Too Badass. They can connect with me there. This is a space where I coach people in the group for support. I know you're laughing at the name, but I strongly believe in it. I love
0: it. it. I love it. I (laughs) love it.
1: (laughs) And this isn't a place to just like complain. This is really a place to get solutions, right? We're going to focus on the future. We're going to focus on the why. Not all the reasons why your ex-wife did this. or Who cares? Let's just move on. Let's figure out oh, what your yeah. life looks like, wants to move forward with. I'm also on Instagram at com, And you can visit me on my website at com for more information.
0: That's wonderful. And guys, down there, look into the description of the video or of the podcast because I will have put all the links in there. So, Si, thank you so much for being... Such a beautiful guest today here thank to you. share your insights and to demystify uh, divorce into a a, a rebirth of uh, of a new person and an p- opportunity to become a better person and that's actually a, a great great take on things so thank yeah. you so much you've you've opened my eyes quite a bit there, so thank you.
1: Thank you so much for uh, having me on here. Um, The last thing I would love to share with your audience if someone is going through a divorce or is thinking about it, I always encourage my clients and anyone that I come across to ask themselves, like, how is this happening for me and not to me? And the answers you're going to come up with are going to be pretty cool. Cool. Thank you again.
0: It's an absolute honor. Look after yourself, guys, out there. Bye.